welcome to Simplifying DevOps, a podcast sponsored by CDW. I'm your host, Rachel Leary. This series is dedicated to breaking down the concepts and methodologies of DevOps, as well as the world known as digital transformation. We're looking to cut through the noise and break down barriers of learning for individuals who may not be developers or engineers. Welcome back. Mitch Kronbach and I are here today with Jeremy Wise, Field Solutions Architect at CDW for DevOps and Digital Transformation Solutions. Hey, Jeremy. Hello. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. So tell us a little bit about you know, your background and, and how you came to join the CDW team. Yeah, so for about 20 years, I uh, was around the industries, primarily in the data center side, um, but um, worked in the AI uh, HPC cluster, Linux, uh, grew up with VMware um, and the whole data center architecture with storage and its migration. And um, about uh, eight years ago, I started seeing the, the major shift in the data and where the money was being spent. And so started moving over to uh, and following the technology as it shifted to big data and then analytics and AI and, and um, all of those things started merging together as we see in these new kind of cloud-like ecosystems, uh, which is the DevOps framework. So um, I was talked into joining the organization or the DevOps team, because as I saw more and more of those, where you get the insight from data, those organizational changes are moving into agile frameworks, which is DevOps. Yeah, cool, Jeremy. Thanks for the background. Um, I think uh, on the previous episodes, we've been touching on agile sort of a lot, right? We're interested in this idea of organizations being more agile to deal with whatever's thrown at them, and that's translating into the IT department. I think the interesting thing is now that we can make changes quickly, like what should we be paying attention to? And and that's where the the conversation with you is is what I think it really important and very interesting is. We need to make informed decisions on what we should do if we can make changes quickly and what should we make those changes on? We should make it on data, right? And that's sort of your area of expertise. Can you touch on that? Like how important data is to this whole DevOps conversation? Yep. So um, it's interesting the parallels because as people started to see data move from just traditional analytics, of course, you know, the, the most popular analytics framework in the world is Excel. Um, it still is, by the way, um, and, and it really talks about the fact of people will make, will spend, people will work on and, and invest when you can show them that their insight is in the data. And, and people talk about, and it's been that way for about 10 years now, that the new gold or oil or whatever terrible analogy you want to use of, of the data, the, 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 the current economy is based on data, getting insight out of data. Um, but that march to that concept starts really at an organizational change. You have to really, when I talk to a customer, be it they DevOps or AI or analytics, whatever you want to call the phrase, you first have to start with some, some groundwork, which is a commitment from the management and the, the executive level that we are a company where we will sit down and talk about data and agility as part of our, our life our life, but of our AT, that that's part of our ecosystem. It's ingrained in our methodology and our approaches. When you get that for the management down, you start seeing a, a seismic shift within the way that people approach it, whether, whether it's from the IT perspective or security or the people who manage the data and storage replication availability, or the people who are getting the insight out of it by mining through the data, like the data analyst or data scientist, all of them start with the concept of 
we as an organization will treat data as an asset and we will support those who do that. Um, and that's a big change that uh, some companies have done very well on and some have not and you see them struggle with this new economy. <laughs> and so how is that data and how we've managed it, how has that evolution taken place over time? You know, have we, we changed how we've managed and analyzed that over the last, what, 10, 15 years or so? Can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, so obviously the, the, the cool kid on the block, the term, it always seems to change, you know, it was big data and that was really a, an underlying term of, you know, Hadoop and unstructured data, a semi-structured. And eventually you have to, to get it to a point where the insights um, it's just a matter of defining the ROI from it. So when we talk to customers about their journey through AI, the first, the next part of the journey after you kind of get the commitment to the organizational assessment is a, a, somebody that can honestly determine the value of data. So I, I call it a sticky note session or, uh, you know, pizza, pizza and data, where you bring the people who know the side of the business and you bring the people who understand how do you manipulate the data or get to the data, does data even exist? And you put together a little sticky note and you put it on the board and say, what is your idea? What do you value? What do you declare the value of it? And then you have to put on the, the, the last piece of it, which is where do you, where are you going to get that data from? Because a lot of times it's talking through them declaring the value of the insight out of the data, but then saying where that data is going to come from. Because half the time you think about it and you say to get to that insight or that data means I have to literally chew through this massive data subset which you could technically do given infinite time and effort, but the ROI is too low. So you really are having a discussion when you talk about this um, to come up with what I call a keystone project, which is collecting where the data sources have commonality or the asset requirements have a commonality to where you hit critical mass, where these projects, these sticky notes together, uh, yield the ability to start, the, the start your project, to start your DevOps journey, to start your AI. Um, and that keystone project is the springboard where the value of the services, the software, and the, the effort to put into it is, is, is exceeded by the value you're gonna get out of those insights. Um, and walking through that story uh, really helps the customer to, to, to get onto that journey successfully. And the last thing we do when we talk to our customers is we try to help them avoid pitfalls. Um, Having gone through 20 years of this, we talk about things like volume and velocity and variability of the data and how that impacts your ability to get that ROI, to match that ROI up. But you also want to incite them to say, fail fast, build versus buy. And those are two different pieces of the puzzle where you could pay somebody to build an entire Kubernetes cluster with all of the networking and security and availability and your data analytics and data lake to have data tagging and scoring. By the way, if you don't lay those bones, I call it, use analogy of bones. If you don't lay those, those bones down, um, you are going to fail. You'll not fail on the first two or three projects. You'll fail when you start hitting to the actual, you know, past the first two or three projects because when you don't lay down security as an integration to it. If you don't lay down tagging or governance to it, nobody trusts your data. So then when you start getting into the projects, you're going to start feeling that people are not going to trust it and that turns into a data swamp or it turns into a, an AI framework that nobody will make business decisions on because they don't know where you got the insights from. They don't trust the black box. So you kind of have to lay down those pieces like OpenShift, creating that where Red Hat has thought about all of those data center quality, class availability, and, and security bolts in pieces. Um, um, 
So, you know, or, or like open scale where they're creating that framework with a score, scoring capability so that you know what's, what's in the black box to be able to pass the audit or to articulate to the sales organization why you're recommending these changes. And so, you know, we always talk about when you balance those things out, you, you, you have to put that, that skeleton in place. Um, and if you don't, you probably 80% of the time you're going to fail. So it's a matter of working them through that discussion. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. So, so what I'm hearing is that you can put down a framework to be able to what access the data or to respond to that data. But, but most importantly, it sounds like the most important thing is getting to the data and being able to trust the data. Am I on the right track there? Yes, very much so. Yeah, it's you know people can can get to to a lot of data, but you have to be able to say you have to one of the other legs of the stool of, of, of analytics and AI, you know, whatever you want to call it, is also what I call democratizing it. You have to create, create an environment where it's not just the data scientists who are spread thin. They typically work six to eight months on a single project. So you have to have a very high bar to be able to get to that keystone project. What you're really looking for, and those those typically those projects don't typically get off the ground, or they're very rare, so to speak. Um, you have to really talk about how do you help an analyst or database uh, person who's becoming an analyst, or just a person that wants to be able to say, I understand the business and I have these sticky note ideas that are cool ideas. I just need somebody to help me put it together. So we have frameworks like Jupyter Notebooks, which are a collaboration framework where the analyst or somebody who knows some of the coding, like Python, can sit down with somebody who understands the business model and say, this is the sticky note. Let's play it through and work it through in the notebook here. At the end of the notebook, does this meet what you're looking for? 51% probability that if you buy things differently or use your data differently, or this gives you this insight of how your buying habits would be better if they went to this direction. Then you wrap that up, containerize it, and then you put it into inference mode where it's out there just churning through and giving you profitability. And again, so what I just articulated there is where it started to bleed into DevOps, where you're saying, I built the environment, I taught the, the, taught the AI or the framework, or I reached into my data lake and extracted that insight and created this, that, uh, that environment that can get that insight. And now to put it into production, I want to wrap it up into a container and just let it be out there in the scale. Then, then the DevOps and application teams can literally consume that as a, I want to get forecasting for sales, or I want to get spoilage reduction, or I want to read the data from these data sources to get, and then you have that framework for that collaboration, which is part of the DevOps or part of the, the story. So um, you want to create a democratization of the data. And that comes back to things like tagging the data, labeling the data, um, and which is really one of those groundwork things. I, most of the time when I discuss with people, it's talking about how bad is their data lake towards being a data swamp. Um, and it's because they have the data out there, but either they don't trust it. It's not a what's definitive record data, which is you know binary data. If it's right or right or not. It's sales forecast is a perfect example of you're never going to make a business decision because the scoring value on that is too low for it to be definitive data. Um, so you have to have somebody that can that can label it and and extract that, um, bring it together so that you can bind that that, that data into something useful. Um, and that really is a collaboration so that you want your sales managers to be able to say, I might not know how to code Python, but I know how to sit down with somebody and take that sticky note off the board 
that's worth fifteen thousand dollars. Not a, it's not going to it's not going to buy the whole AI framework, but you add twelve of those together, and I can start on that journey. And then we just keep sticky notes on the on the board, taking them down. And every month we get to back together and we say the values in the data. What are your next set of ideas? Let's put them up on the board and see where we get with them. And that that whole environment, that mentality, is what drives re revenue. And really, that's what where, where we're seeing the IT spend. We've gone from buying systems and trying to consolidate them, which is what virtualization and brought, and shifts in the storage technologies uh, that have happened that have majorly and seismically changed our infrastructure and data center to trying to be agile, which is kind of reaching down into those pieces and trying to automate them. But then we have to feed that into people will get a checkbook out when you get them an insight from the data. And that's what you focus on. Thanks, Jeremy. And so tell me about some trends that you see as, as the value of data increases and as we see DevOps come about as a way to allow an organization to get to the data faster, make better decisions with data, and continue to bring in more innovation with business, this is going to keep going. So what are some of the trends that you see that might come down the pipe? Yeah, the trend has been for a while that we tried in the cloud and the cloud is perfect to start to see if you can get the insight. The difficulty in the cloud is making sure you right size it so that when you go into production, you start turning those knobs of speed and volume and velocity, where you go from a, a couple million records of the data you have to churn, churn through to a couple billion records a week you know, or day. Uh, you're talking about that shift starts making cloud and, and especially if your response is um, very time sensitive, to be, you know, it's matured, but you know, a lot of customers are seeing that we need to re reassess that and make sure we properly size it. And there are frameworks and times where it needs to come back onto premise because data locality, because of security um, and or because of, of responsiveness of the, of the application needs. Um, obviously that's always a discussion in, in the conversation, but we kind of see a lot of trends where prove it out in the cloud, build the framework, show that the inside of the data is there and move on. Now, we are also starting to see a big seismic change in the data center where um, once you get the insight, once you build the inference model, now what are you going to do with it? How do, you how do you make it consumable by your peers in the application team, by the web team that wants to populate the people who bought that web shopping cart? All of these companies, even the smaller companies, are starting to say, I can add that. And if I invest this X dollar, I'll get X plus three back. And so we ha we, one of the things we're seeing also is somebody to come alongside them and say, help me understand, can I get to these things and can I get those insights? Um, and then what can I do to start that journey? Um, and so we're seeing a, a trend of people helping build out the ROI mapping. Um, along with that goes with the services piece to it. Again, a lot of these people, they have the ability, they've got the skills to do the, 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 the design the application development, even the insight, what they lack is the ability and the value return to build the engine. And again, so we're seeing people shift where they're they're looking for somebody, either either somebody like Azure, where they've already built it. They already, you know, Google, Azure, Amazon, all of those guys have built these frameworks. Um, but sometimes for whatever, for lots of various reasons, you need that thing on premise. And so we see a lot of the vendors like Red Hat and or HP or Cisco or other others out there that have built these, started building out these and supporting these cloud-like frameworks on premise to provide that skeleton. 
nice. Jeremy, what I didn't hear was the trend would be to stop paying attention to data. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that's that's a kiss of death for your 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 company's career and future. Um and 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 that's 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 been very well played out in the industry. Those companies who have not adopted an agile methodology and AI just happens to be the new buzzword. I don't know the new one out there is MLOps, machine learning oper in, in DevOps frameworks. Um because just because you get the insight but you have to iterate. AI in all of those frameworks are are always degrading over time, and that's the other the other part of the puzzle is you have to also consider the human factor of this. When I talk to a customer and they say our skills are right now based off of a .NET development cycle or a framework, or we're really big into Python, I take those those factors in because retooling is not a zero factor. So you have to start with what can I leverage of the skill sets you have, uh, where is that knowledge base, and then bolt that in. And again, you know, it always comes down to is if they, their mindset is not that at, at the executive level or at least a business level, that the data is an asset and let's collaborate towards the goal of getting uh, insight out of the data. Um, you're just doing a point project. You're just doing a one-off. And so really those companies are, it's really difficult to kind of work with them and guide them through the journey to these things. That's always something that we're looking with customers is how that we can go in and, and help them through this journey. And, and I think it's important to not um, dismiss the human side of that, like you said, and, and the people and the processes that they're already used to and what we can take of an investment that someone has already made and, and uh, scrub what's not working and get to that no as quickly as possible and then start to stitch together and, and fix the rest and, um, I think that might be a good place to pick up with you next time is, is to start to talk about some of those things that we're seeing on what skills and processes are, um, you know, coming into fashion more and more and that we're seeing a more of a call for and, and how someone can improve themselves as they start to get deeper and deeper into the space that they want to, you know, get stronger within the DevOps game within machine learning. What would they look to in order to try and develop themselves? Yep. Awesome. Look forward to it. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening with us here at Simplifying DevOps. We hope you tune in for more episodes as we continue to dive down this path of all things DevOps and understand more about the paradigm shift that we've seen revolutionize the IT world. Mm-hmm.